Stefanin, welcome to the Commerce Talk series here at the RIA Seamless uh, Conference. Uh, we met already at our small uh, Seamless Sounds 100 VIP dinner yesterday in a very, very nice hotel. I, I don't know if I've ever been in, a, <laughs> in such a nice hotel. Uh, please introduce yourself and Monoprix, the company you're working for. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here and uh, thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Saifedin Benjamin. I'm the CEO of Monoprix Tunisia. We are celebrating this year its 90th anniversary. The first store opened in 1933 and we uh, operate today uh, 86 supermarkets. Uh, we are listed on the Tunisian uh, stock market. Uh, we have uh, more than 20,000 square meters of storage, more than 100 trucks, and uh, we also operate industrial platform for bakery and for meat. As of different digital platforms, I will be happy to talk with, on with you. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we will come to this uh, later. For the ones that have not been to Tunisia yet and don't know Monoprix, mm -hmm. can you give us a bit more details into the business itself? What is it like? Is it like Karstadt, Selfridges in Europe? Is it more like a, like a grocery business? It is more grocery business. We haven't seen specialists coming uh, yet to Tunisia. We have only... Uh, sports specialists like Decathlon, uh, we, uh, we, we witnessed the arrival of Nag Darty, but it is still small. So uh, we, we, uh, the, 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 the market is, um, is 25% penetrated by, uh, grocery official players like, uh, ourselves, like Carrefour, like, uh, Auchan with, uh, the local partner. And we have witnessed in the, last past year the arrival of uh, the hard discount with the local player also so all of us represent 25% of the market so and the rest is is informal is a traditional uh, so kind of, um, um, corner stores mom and pop stores absolutely that's how tunisia is buying yes and it's it's then your market let's say the more professionalized uh, market is it then uh, uh, growing or is it hard to catch up with the corner stores because now with recession and inflation i saw that in a couple parts of the world one of our customers uh, mercado michael is in in this business the corner store market is uh, even growing because people are switching back from weekly purchases into day to day uh, purchases. It is really interesting. Um, uh, according to our suppliers, because we, we catch data from our suppliers, the traditional market is growing faster than us. But I think the uh, public policies are uh, have the objective to support more the development of organized commerce and, and, and grocery. So I think the coming years, we will see a good growth for uh, for players like that, like us. And the the um the business itself so you say it's like in the grocery business but can i compare it like to a carrefour in france or like a Edeka Rive in uh in in germany mm -hmm. or is it or is it more like fruits only and a and a more limited selection okay uh, in, in monoprix we are into supermarkets so the non-food uh Coat par is quite low. Our objective is, of course, to develop it. Yeah. But we have a sister company operating for hypermarkets under the brand Géant. And hypermarket segment, the non-food business is 45% of the revenues. So uh, we we know how to sell. Uh, we know uh, non-food product. We have the after sales. We have the, the supply chain to do it. But we are facing an important informal economy on non-food. So it's basically uh, hardline TVs, 
but, but I, as I said, I think in the coming years, we will see more and more uh, stores, including Monoprix, proposing non-food uh, non products. And from the selection you're offering in, the, in your grocery line, is uh, some of the products are produced and sold exclusive, exclusively by Monoprix, or is it like global brands or local brands you're selling? We have a technical partnership with Monoprix France, so we propose uh, 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 a selection of their uh, product uh, portfolio. We have also developed our private label uh, today, positioned as a low income on the low income retail, and we have more than 350 SKUs exclusive to our uh, network of stores. And um, we have discussed here in this podcast many, many times the different like delivery option and e-commerce options in the business. And we had a certain hype of ultra-fast delivery in, in Germany over the last couple of years during Corona. How was this discussed and done in Tunisia? Mm. We are beginning and it is not easy. Um, we have a partnership with Jumia, the e-commerce players, for quick commerce. So we are able today, we have five stores proposing uh with the promise which is a two hour delivery starting from the uh the order with jumia and you're doing it most likely in uh, tunis only in or tunis like only yeah, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. tunis only uh we will be pro we are studying sus but for now it's tunis only and we are struggling because uh we have discussions with uh, the other players delivery players and 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 it is difficult because the ecosystem of uh, drivers is not well structured and um yeah it's a challenge but um we see growth in in, in this uh, how, how do you do it today is it like it's pick from store i guess it because is it's like it's still store, a, yeah. it, 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 it's test and these these pickers are people from jumia or it's like your own people our own people so we today the the number of orders is very low so as of today we can manage that but we have in mind that if uh, to scale it we will need to have a different operating model including maybe uh, setting up some dark stores or uh, working with our partners on the picking process including having people from their platform to do it and 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 share the revenue in a different way and what is your uh what is your your offering there are you uh deliver it for free uh two hours obviously a high convenience factor you don't need to go to the uh to the store but uh do you take a delivery fee do you have like a minimum uh value and basket value how is how does it working um basically uh the our partner is uh taking a percentage of the uh the basket and is taking care of the delivery and is billing back this part of the delivery cost it is not 100 of the delivery costs and uh the the customer will be on the platform of our partner and then we have a connection between their platform and our oms in the store and our erp and our checkout so all this work in a very seamless <laughs> way as of today and uh, we can scale it but uh the problem today for me the challenge in the coming months and years would be the uh the fleet of uh, drivers that need to be uh, more efficient and more uh aligned with the with the with the promise to the clients how how is it how is it uh, working today how many drops can a driver do in an hour is it is he mm -hmm. only delivering uh groceries if it's like on a run or is it like it's just like has like it's uh, his truck or his parcel uh, uh delivery um um 
a car and then on top of the 10 other parcels on the TV, on the, I don't know, whatever box, he's putting like two or three grocery boxes. Is mm -hmm. it working this way? It, it is uh, specifically for the food drivers. So they are not transporting any TV or hardline or other stuff. So these guys are, uh, they have a baseline of orders delivering from restaurants, food. And on top of it, they can manage to deliver grocery from our stores. That's how it works. I, I know that it is enabled by technological platform and property technology platform from our partner, but I don't have a, a, a detailed visibility on the algorithm, how it works on, on, the, on the rules behind it. And how big is also, I know it's your, mm -hmm. it's your partner, but um, you're working, when you're working with Jumia, can we, um, can we think about Jumia like an Amazon for Tunisia? Is it like the main platform where people would buy? Absolutely. It's one side destination, but uh, yeah, it's the main marketplace in Tunisia. I mean, and how big is e-commerce in Tunisia overall? What is the, what is the share of e-commerce? It is less than five percent as of today. So it is even in, even in the popular categories like fashion, yeah. or it's less than five percent. So it's mainly brick and mortar business in Tunisia. Absolutely. And why is it? Because the penetration of mobile phones or internet must be as high in as any other country. It is. And people are like spending lots of time online, but still they are buying offline. Why is it? Um, I think I don't see the payment as a constraint because today with the cash on delivery, it is working. Is this I, the main, the main uh, payment uh, method, cash on delivery? It is the main payment ah, method, okay. absolutely. So it is working. It's not that uh, what is uh, blocking us from uh, delivering more growth. It is, I think, the uh, delivery modes that are uh, difficult. And also, uh, I think the convenience of uh, having a store next to your place and, uh, uh, and sometimes the prices as well, because even if those marketplaces are offering very competitive prices, but we have, as I said, an informal economy that sometimes is a very good, cheap alternative for, 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 for clients. So uh, as of today, again, I think that... Uh, we will see uh, an important growth in the country. That's days. interesting because, like, when the e-commerce e boom in like most European countries started like in the mid 2000s. So, and it really penetrated the easy, easy to win categories. Consumer electronics, obviously, with Amazon, fashion with like many different players, ASOS, About You, Zalando. Every country has its own players, and the. And the um, success was a function out of um, the just the waste selection, like a huge, huge offering, good prices, uh, and fast delivery. And it's very hard to beat in, an, in a brick and mortar business. For grocery, it's a bit different. It's kind of this kind of daily thing. You need it now. You don't want to have it. You cannot wait a week or so. But in, on the ethic, other categories, if I were to buy, look at this like microphone equipment here. It's rather special equipment. I would most likely have a hard time finding something like this at the local consumer electronics stores in 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 Tunis. Is there no offering on uh, on Jumia, for example, in, in in this case, or don't they get a delivery from I don't know AliExpress dot uh, uh, com into the country because it's under delivered yet in general on the e-commerce infrastructure? I think um, it's also about the the products, uh, and it is uh, it can be sometimes difficult to import from Tunisia. So we don't have the tail you can see in Europe or Middle East or US uh, on the product offering, and so people are still obliged to go to uh, to either abroad to buy very specific uh, product equipment 
or to uh, go to uh, an existing player. And I think the challenge for those marketplaces is to onboard more players that already have uh, a, a brick and mortar uh, footprint to uh, uh, onboard them on the platform. I think they are doing this. So that's why I believe that we will we will not uh, we, we will be doing our path towards that uh, that uh, that reality but growth is definitely slower compared to other um, countries okay yeah and, and what does it mean like for the consumer behavior or con consumer expectation in the grocery market are there like many consumers knocking at your door and saying hey, I don't want to come uh, uh, to your store anymore I want to have it delivered at home there's no value in me picking the milk and the butter and the and the meat yeah we have part of our clients that uh, tell us this and uh, we uh, listen to that and we delivered uh, the first uh, drives uh, supported by our hypermarkets in 2018 and we delivered uh, first 10 stores proposing click and collect and now we have six more stores proposing the delivery so we are definitely into uh, facilitating the customer experience. And we have more and more customers that are very interested in this service. So we have a good growth, but it is still small compared to the global turnover of our group. Have there been any um, ultra-fast delivery um, experiments in, in, in Tunisia? You know, when like uh, Gorillas and Gitir and Flink pop up everywhere <laughs> in the world somehow? Yeah, well, uh, you have Glovo, you have uh, Jumia, you have uh, also uh, two or three other small players that are, uh, you have Yassir, uh, for example, that are looking for uh, market share and for uh, growth and for development in this area. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm quite not very convinced about the future of this, of this business because when you look at the economic units, it's uh, it's complicated because we don't have the same margins than in Europe. So these players are still coming and talking about commissions that are known in Europe. But since the level of margins in Tunisia is not the same, I think we have room for progress in this discussions with those uh, specialists in order to align the planets and uh, and have a. a, a, a um, uh, uh, something that will work. Uh, and apart from your two-hour same-day delivery, was it same-day, right? Uh, yeah, same-day. Apart from, have there, had there been any test with um, standard e-commerce and grocery uh, from Monoprix side? Where say, okay, you can uh, pick your order today, we deliver like tomorrow or like in two days, just the, the slot-based delivery setup? Absolutely. We have started with the classical standard way of delivering. On, we, on your own, on your own on, uh, website, or on also our Jumia? own okay. website, and we are uh, launching in a couple of weeks our app, our first app uh, that will enable uh, very other, very, very interesting other functionality, including hyper personalized promotions and communication. But um, we started with uh, our standard uh, website, responsive website, and uh, we started uh, with delivering uh, G uh, day plus one. And we are still using our platform because at the beginning I was always uh, trying to, uh, uh, to, to escape from that risk of disruption. I don't want somebody between me and, and, and our clients, between us and our That's clients. Smart. smart. Makes sense for the data, <laughs> including for the data. But uh, at a certain point, we said 
that uh, we could do this this the, the two in parallel Be- and and I, and I'm quite uh, happy because when I see who are the customers using the our partner platform they, they are customers we don't know so uh, the objective to bring a new um, a new uh, traffic on our platform is delivered we, we are not cannibalizing uh, our our own platforms and i prefer definitely uh, self cannibalization than cannibalization so so if it was not us with this partner probably another retailer would have done it so it's it it it, it would make sense in this way and and uh, competitors are like potential other platforms are they offering uh, maybe more like a local pickup because there are like these corner stores uh, all around where people can go on an app and say maybe okay I'd like to add, uh, I have like five slices of bread or whatever in a corner store and some butter. Is, is this a business in your region? Not necessarily with the same volumes you can see here. I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you grow then the business? You're saying it's like still a complicated business, so it's picking up slowly. Uh, but do you um, do you make um, advertisements uh, for it? Do you try to motivate customers to switch into this Business, or you're just trying to see if the economics are working out for you? Both. Um, both. We are working on the pricing, on the margins, on the product uh, catalog, uh, and also on, uh, and, and, and definitely on sustaining this model. So we have, as I said, a problem now with the delivery, the last mile delivery. So we are testing different uh, partners. We are testing. Uh, also in one store uh, an owned capability for last mile so we have two trucks doing it so we have now uh, a, a proof of concept uh, working and um, and definitely the app will uh, bring uh, an, an, uh, an optimization of our conversion rate and will uh, facilitate more the customer experience so uh, and also we will be able to have this marketing automation campaigns that will be smart and data driven and that will of course improve uh the the uh, the acquisition of uh, prospect and future clients what i learned from lena here in the region is that regardless what you're doing uh in in the digital ecosystem it's very hard to get talent even in the region where the online penetration is higher like in dubai or bahrain qatar when i hear that online penetration in general is like less than 5% in tunisia i it must be even harder to find talent building an app doing uh, doing the pick and pe- uh, the picking app uh, in the store so what's your experience here uh, i confirm that uh, human capital is among the biggest challenge uh, we have a lot of tunisian talents leaving uh, europe for europe for middle east we are into this global market that is attracting and fighting for talents and uh, so this ask important question for us and how to uh, retain talents how to uh, have the project that will uh, make them stay and will make them uh, invest in our company in their career in their in our in our company as an employer and uh, yeah it's it's uh, today i have the chance to have a great team with me and uh, they are uh, absolutely uh, Uh, relevant for 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 what we are doing and we are relevant for them so <laughs> for as of today too but it's a challenge i agree but is it possible then to switch to a remote uh, model because even like european companies do have a hard time to attract talent nobody wants to move into a 
in the region where nobody's living in Germany or France. I want to stick to the cities where maybe in Tunis, if I want to live in Cairo, we have people living in Cairo. <laughs> they want to, don't want to move. So could you switch to a remote model or is it like culturally hard to adapt? In, I think it depends on which jobs. I think for, for, for technology development, I guess it's possible. You can be coding from Bali or whatever. We, we see that in Tunisia as well. But uh, if we talk about uh, supervising the fleet of drivers, if we are talking about like managing the stores who and and the, and the and the and the value proposition which store toward the e-commerce uh, I, I don't believe in that I think we need to be uh, to have those it, uh, so it depends if it is technology development yes but if it is more operational jobs I think it's very difficult when I was thinking about Tunisia and preparing for the podcast I I would have thought that it would it's easier to get like good drivers or pickers because like the the um, equality of income is uh, is is um, is is not um, uh, it's not uh, equally distributed in Tunisia. So it's more equally like in Germany. That's why it's so hard to get drivers that want to do the job for a low income or like as minimum income. But there must be a low income class in Tunisia because you don't have like minimum uh, minimum uh, um, hourly rates. So it must be easy to get like for all the labor intense um, jobs. Usually educated people don't want to do there's a huge amount of people that want to do it. Uh, picking, driving, collecting stuff. Is this true or do I have a wrong picture? No, uh, it, it, it is theoretically true. <laughs> ah, theoretically. Okay. Theoretically true, but... Uh, it is uh, today reality that we, we the economic units are not working and maybe because our margins are too low. So basically we are testing now uh, a sub list of products. So we are restraining the list of products in order to improve the margins, in order to be able to pay that commission to our partner to deliver. See what I mean? To maintain our margin. Because I don't want to have a non-profitable growth, like uh, running, just uh, saying we have e-commerce. And, and we are working since the beginning on the profitability of this new revenue stream. And uh, I believe that... I'm confident that we will have the planet alignment to make it work. And and, and I'm quite uh, optimistic on that. Uh, and we will find the drivers and we will have the economic units working. But as of today, f regarding your question, I think it's the challenge. But I'm quite optimistic we will find the solution. I've discussed this with some of the other grocery delivery services in Europe and um, about the profitability path. And they said, okay, based on the margins available for example in germany um there's very very little chance to get this business to into profitability but when it's like big enough you can um uh, you can put on top retail media and you you create like a media income and this is when you're maybe you've looked into the instacart ipo uh document that came out last week and you see that um all of the profit, all of the margin comes out of retail media. It's not the delivery business itself. They're losing money on every delivery. And they are kind of a scaled platform. It's like 700 million per quarter, including 200 million on delivery. Is, is that maybe an option for you? Is it okay if you have like a couple of hundred thousand households, a certain share in online delivery, then you offer this data, this platform as a retail media platform to your to the brands you're selling? We tried uh, even uh, without the digital uh, element of the proposition. We started like uh, two years ago to monetize our data towards our suppliers. 
saying that there is no better uh, advertisement than the one that is hyper-personalized, yeah. including the one uh, for the client buying the, the competi your competitor's product in order to shift him towards your brand. And uh, I think we need to test it again in a couple of years because as of today, I, we haven't found enough maturity uh, with the CMOs we talked with uh, in order to, we started two or three campaigns, but it was not uh, enough to make to make uh, the required investment, including human capital, in order to scale it. Mm. So uh, I'm not seeing the retail media for the e-commerce on the last mile part working, since we have not been able to make it work for our 86 supermarkets all across the country with our huge amount of data. Got it. What brought you to Riyadh? Good to see this conference here. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're just here because of the podcast, but I guess you are. You, do, you have other obligations too. I'm here to learn first and to meet uh, interesting people, uh, to uh, also make uh, our uh, country and our business uh, uh, more uh, more known uh, in, in the region. I believe that there is a very interesting dynamic uh, going on here. Uh, I have been here uh, two years ago for another event, the FII, and uh, I'm very happy to be here again because I believe that uh, the kingdom and the region are are having a very relevant vision and uh, they are walking the talk. And uh, for me, it's uh, a good way to see how things can be uh, developed uh, for Tunisia as well. So uh, it's it's a good uh, learning um, experience for me. It's definitely present. When, when was it last time you were here? 12 years ago or 20 no, years? two years ago. Two years two ago. Years ago okay. yeah. yeah, but even like in two years, a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> it, it is happening. Yeah, uh, I feel yeah, it's like 30% <laughs> more cars on the streets now. People are getting angry and honking all, all, uh, all the time. That's yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, an in, it's definitely an interesting market. It's like I, I learned that um, online market share is still low yeah. in, uh, in Tunisia. So it's like, um, it feels a bit like early 2000s in, in, uh, in Europe. In, in, in Europe. Uh, getting into a profitable mode in the grocery delivery business is as hard as it is in uh, in Europe, even with lower labor uh, costs, which is super interesting and insight, uh, insightful. But I'm uh, very optimistic for you to uh, uh, to having it uh, scaled. Mm. Maybe one last question um, as we are in the e-commerce section of the podcast. Um, when you would describe your uh, tech team, like uh, people doing online marketing or like building a platform itself. So how relevant is it for Monoprix in Tunisia? So is, is there like a dedicated tech team on this stuff or is it like done by the um, network hardware team uh, on the <laughs> site? No, we have absolutely dedicated uh, teams uh, and uh, very good partnerships. So uh, we also try, uh, fr we have tried from the beginning to make it automated. So we invested in uh, 2018 in a marketing resources management, marketing automation platform. And we build also a partnership with Relevancy, probably know them, it's like the, uh, the algorithm uh, startup in France. And we are today able to have the segment of one targeted campaigns with very selected promotion and communication. So we, we, we have the teams, we have the partnerships, and we have the tools today to uh, reduce the risk on, on our ability to, uh, to scale this business. Very cool. Then <laughs> seeing you next time at one of the dinners uh, we have, uh, 
not yet planned for Tunis, but maybe uh, we have to look into that. I will be very happy to welcome you in Tunis and uh, the others uh, participants. It was a pleasure. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Thank you.